to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. Uh, it's me, Benjamin, and we've also got Alex and uh, uh, Carly Hammond. Uh, and Ross Fisher is joining us again as well. Today is Tuesday, October 13th, and thanks for joining us this week. Uh, so here in the state of Michigan, our Supreme Court recently killed uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer's executive orders uh, related to the coronavirus here in Michigan. Um, and I believe the Department of Health, the Michigan Department of Health, uh, effectively reinstated them, not like in a technical sense, but they basically did. Is that right? Carly, you know more about this. Could you uh, tell us about what happened? Yeah. So... Essentially, Gretchen Whitmer has been using her emergency powers to act as the legislature um, during COVID, which on principle, I can see why people would have an issue with it because it is very unilateral and you have Republicans claiming that there's not even a crisis. Uh, But I'm glad that she did it because on the very same day she declared an emergency, all the Republican legislature was busy doing uh, was suing because they didn't like that they couldn't institute Medicaid work requirements fast enough. So our Republican legislature is useless. Uh, so Gretchen took the reins and has been steering the ship for a, you know, the, since what, March 13th, something like that, March 12th or March 13th. Um, however, the Republican legislature doesn't like that. They get, they get big mad and big angry and they clench their little baby fists and they weave them around because they talk about Gretchen Whitmer not following the rule of law and not listening to them. Okay, Um, so they got mad and they basically officially rescinded the emergency power that she was given, but they didn't give her the power in the first place. Um, She got has precedent to have these powers from some act in, you know, 1940. So there's there's a long standing precedent for these emergency powers. And so the legislature, which is Republican led both in the House and the Senate, said, no, no, your time is is over. Um, I think. Oh, gosh, was that back in May or June? We have a really messed up timeline, so I don't even pretend to know what that was. I think it actually might have been in April. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think it was the end of April. Um, And they said, oh, guess what? Uh, Your emergency powers are over, except they weren't. Because again, this this precedent that she doesn't really need them in order to declare an emergency, in order to have these powers. Um, but what happened afterwards when she didn't when she didn't stop and and give in to their again symbolic gesture? Essentially, they're like, "Well, we're going to take you to court." Now, the Republicans did not seemingly intend to win this lawsuit. Um, they are just doing it to pander to their base, essentially, and be like, "We're standing up to Gretchen Whitmer." Um, it was during that time, uh, Gretchen Hitler, uh, exactly. Uh, Whitless, <laughs> Gretchen Whitless. I've, I've, I've heard. Or Whitler. Yeah. Oh Whitler, yes. Yeah. Whitler. That's it. And, um, so they should, cause, cause they put a deadline and then she passed the deadline and was like, what are you going to do? Okay. We'll take you to court. So they went to court, the circuit court, um, ruled in her favor. Uh, so then they went, took it up again, appealed again, appealed again to the Michigan Supreme court. The Michigan Supreme Court a few days in a very surprising move. This is like 2016 election surprising. Like no one predicted this. uh, Ruled against the governor 
and struck down the entire 1940 act as unconstitutional, wiped away like almost a hundred years of precedent and said, no, Gretchen Whitmer does not have the power to declare all this. And essentially they said effective immediately. So every single emergency that emergency declaration that Whitmer has made essentially from the second they pounded that gavel down was null and voided. Now, immediately Gretchen Whitmer came out issuing a statement. Uh, we need clarification on this. It entirely took the Lansing just went into a frenzy and Republicans are now like, you know, oh, we're so glad they're posturing. We're, we're so glad that this happened, but they don't actually know what to do. Um, so what is happening right now, as we are recording this podcast is the legislature is in session and they've been in sessions for 13 hours because they are trying to codify some of Gretchen Whitmer's emergency powers. Now, the DHS, the the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, as you mentioned, tried to codify as much as they could into law or not codify, sorry. Uh, they, they tried to basically write it as their policies to do what they could. And they say right. and they, they apparently did so under the authority having uh, by some authority having to do with like the Spanish flu. In like 1918? Yes. They, so essentially, all of these departments are running around with their pants on fire trying to get attorney general's opinions, which of course Dana nestles in their favor, which is great. But there's going to be legal challenges to almost every single emergency act in its entirety now. Um, I saw uh, an article that came out that said that masks are no longer required in schools um, because there's the governor doesn't have the authority, the DHS doesn't have the authority. So now, again, for every single line item of every single emergency declaration, they didn't say, oh, there's a sunset provision on these where you guys got to get your shit together. They said, no, these are immediately defunct immediately. So everything's in chaos right now. Again, the legislature is doing things like codifying, um, allowing local governments to be able to meet via zoom. That was illegal for a hot minute, um, or, or rather not codified into law. So they were breaking the open meetings act, uh, which opens up every single municipality in the state of Michigan to lawsuits. Uh, and, and basically that that's been that way for like a week now. So it just, just the implications are so insane. And when you look at this lawsuit, nobody expected it to go this way. We have a Republican Supreme Court majority kind mm -hmm. of narrowly. I think it's what, like, is it four, three, um, Republican. And it was, it, I think it was four, three, but still it, they were not expected to rule that way. And if you look at the players, the people who actually brought the lawsuit were several private healthcare practices who did not like one of the earlier emergency orders that Gretchen Whitmer brought up, uh, which was that they had to discontinue all elective procedures. So a lot of private practices lost a lot of money, um, you know, clinics for, for specialty, you know, pip, uh, podiatry and things like that. Um, so they got together and sued and, and basically, <laughs> so if you think about it, these for-profit health, pro healthcare providers have now essentially created the largest single policy disaster in public health that we've probably had in the past century in Michigan. Um, and it's, it's who expected this to happen. I don't know who is actually wanting this to happen again. I don't know because the, the very emergency man, uh, emergency decision that was brought as a lawsuit by these healthcare providers was rescinded months ago, but the lawsuit kept going on the principle on the precedent. 
So what's going on? The answer is no one fucking knows. And the, 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 the scramble is on and pretty much everything is illegal now. Like all of these emergency acts are illegal and everybody's scrambling to find out what's legal and what's not. And hopefully people just continue. But unfortunately, a lot of people are catching on to this and it's, it's, it's starting to be seen in, in the retail work, retail businesses, restaurants, people are coming without masks and making a big, big fuss about it. So I, I that's that's where I, I leave it. I don't know, man. I don't know. Very cool. Good things happening. <laughs> and and actually, to put this in perspective, like Mike Shirky, who is essentially the head of the Michigan GOP, he is he's mm-hmm. he's the Mitch McConnell of Michigan. They're very similar, has recently stated like three days ago that he thinks the best way for Michigan to go forward is just to do herd immunity and let the weak die off. Uh, and there was a massive letter written by or signed by like a hundred public health ex- experts condemning him, but of course he's not going to apologize. Um, and, and that's, that's, so that's who is controlling the legislature that now does have the, the reins to this, this horse cart. That is, that is like, especially ridiculous. And some of these, like, I was like saying this before we started recording, right? Like we are kind of entering like this new, uh, peak might be a little bit larger than our original peak here in Michigan in terms of uh, cases by the day. Uh, that being said, though, like uh, the cases per one hundred thousand is we're still gonna we're still in like the bottom third, basically. It's pretty, and so like the the idea of herd immunity, like that would like some of these red states that like are doing really bad. Uh, uh, you know, not instead of like some of the purple ones, right? Uh, they might be like a lot closer to like that kind of like herd immunity point. And it's just like, they, they would be through it way before us just because of where we're at, like in terms of like how many people have been infected. So like, it's just so, like, so basically like we have a long way to go essentially. Yeah. It's like, and, the, the, for, like we should not be thinking about, like we should not be thinking about herd immunity. We do not have to, we do yeah. like, we, we live in the fucking 21st century. We do not have to be thinking about herd immunity. It's ridiculous. It's it's astounding to me how many people forget that we were stocking body bags to the ceiling at Detroit Sinai Hospital. Right, right. And Do you really remember this, those pictures? Yeah, they, they, the really chilling ones were like New York City. Oh my goodness. Yeah, where they were un, unrefrigerated trucks. Yeah. And just out in the street, and people complained about the smell, and they found right. out there were people who had died because of COVID. Right. Yeah. It's we. This is like the you know the stuff of a failed state. Like we're really seeing like you know, <laughs> this is like where we're really like going towards. Things aren't going to get better unless things really change for the better. Like things have to actually change. The like the way that we do things has to be different. Yeah, I think it's when when I was looking at the decision that the court made. It's a four three majority for the conservatives and. It's the Michigan Supreme Court is, I would say, you know, the same as the federal Supreme Court, and that's it's highly partisan. Um, you have, you know, nonpartisan judicial elections, but you have them, you have the candidates, up, you know, nominated by the parties. And so the four, you know, uh, justices who made the decision were all nominated by Republicans. And one of them, um, Elizabeth Clement, 
was someone who's actually supported by a lot of Democrats in 2018 because she was more moderate and they want, they thought that that was uh, a safer choice than Sam Bagenstos, who uh, was one of the two Democrats that was uh, nominated. And, and I, I, I think, just to inter- yeah. interject there, so people understand this was a political shanking to Sam, like Bagnestos. He had a lot of support on the progressive side of the aisle, and the Democrats essentially shanked him and was like, no, we're going with the fucking Republican. Sorry, continue, Ross. Right. You no, know, no, that's... Uh, yeah, I was basically just going to say that. Yeah, that's, like, exactly right. It's... We... Yeah, the Democrats screwed over Bagginstos and now you have a decision like this. Whereas if Sam Bagginstos was in that seat, that decision would have not been made. This just, we would not be dealing with this right now because it would have been a four or three decision the other way. So, and of course, like these decisions are, you know, completely uh, like most all, <laughs> I hate the courts so much, but most all legal decisions, they're just arbitrarily made based on like whatever sort of bullshit legal theory these justices come up with that doesn't really have it. I mean, there's no, it's, it's a completely partisan shit show basically. And like, this is an example of like the real consequences to this kind of bullshit is them, you know, and, and one of the worst things about this case is, um, one of her exe- one of Whitmer's executive orders um, that pertains to unemployment benefits has now been um, has now been tossed out. I'm not sure what the legislature is planning on doing with that. I don't have high hopes for it, and um, you know that can't be rectified through the public health code. So I mean, this is like real. There's these these are real people that are are getting screwed over right now. Yeah, and my like my husband applied for the program uh, to help college students get. Uh, frontline workers, you know, get their college paid for. And a lot of that was done via emergency law. So some of the funding moved around there. So it's, it's very, and again, it's so crazy because even if you want to take the hardest line here and say, well, the governor should never have these powers because that's not what our democracy is set up to do. But Everything that's happened in the last six months in terms of relationships between state and federal governments has been operating off of the basis of emergency powers in almost every single state. So uh, the way that they've been moving money around, you know, Gretchen has the ability to move money between departments. She's like a lot of the shit that she does is just getting the state to be able to work with what the federal government gives them, which the federal government, if you, if you guys haven't heard, is kind of a shit show too. So it, um, just thinking about that in this context makes it be like, why do we have a death cult running the country? And why do we also have another death cult in the Michigan Supreme Court? Why do we have a death cult in the Michigan legislature? Um, because that's like not even an exaggeration at this point. So can Gretchen, like, do a shutdown again if she wanted to now? Or, like, is that, like, off the tables because of the court? Only if the legislature permitted it. Do you think they might permit another one? Because, like, we are entering another, like, phase. In lame duck, they might. In lame duck, they might. Yeah. It just, it really depends on the timing because between... You know, November and this shutdown of the session, like, and that's the thing. The reason the legislators who are voting today are in Lansing physically, 
because the state legislature refused to allow committee hearings, anything, any legislature Lansing business to be conducted remotely. That's how fucking stubborn they are. You've got fucking Bola Fave in there. <laughs> Anybody listening to this podcast, if you don't know who Bola Fave is, I don't know whether to tell you to look him up or not, because honestly, he's such a fucking edgelord. Like, you know, the creepiest, dumbest kid in your school? That's fucking Bola Fave. <laughs> he, yeah. He's he's uh, I... he's a caricature of himself. OK, so I <laughs> recently got covid and then said still that masks don't matter. So Fuck yeah. I, I'm really glad you brought <laughs> Bo up because I just found out that he has a house in Lansing, which happens to be like two blocks from my house. Um, and how I found that out was, well, wasn't his house broken into and then they, uh, he had a bunch of guns. Yeah, stolen it from wasn't him? me. It wasn't me. Um, yeah. you know, this, this was, I did not steal. I did not Ross. steal the guns. You're letting everyone know about our plot. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, okay, well, okay, well, the... I was expecting <laughs> Ben to come in there and say parody, but he didn't, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I was walking, so, like, the other day I was walking uh, by, like, couple blocks over and i see these two bola fave yard signs in someone's house and i'm like who the fuck is putting up a bola fave yard sign like in lansing like for this guy who's a state rep in the up and then i'm like part of my neighborhood like uh facebook page and someone put a post in there like our neighbor bola fave has covid everyone wish him well and i was like no, I'm not wishing this asshole well or whatever. And like, um, that, so yeah, like just in case anyone, um, is wondering, uh, Bolo's in Lansing. Um, I'm not going to say anything Hmm. more. So now basically our entire state's public health policy is in the hands of people like fucking Bola Fave. Yeah. And let's be clear. We are not asking you to go egg Bola Fave's house. (laughs) We, we are not we never. are not asking you. We would Especially never Especially right now, we know he's not home because he's on the floor of the state legislature. Bola Fave is gonna somehow listen to this and, and sue this podcast. I guarantee he's going to sue you, Ben. If, no, no. Alex just said that we are not asking you. Yeah, we are to do not that. asking to you to you. shit in a brown paper bag and, and put it on fire <laughs> on his uh driveway. We are not on his porch. We are not asking you to take a bat and swing on his mailbox. We're not asking you to do that. We would never we ask you to do that. Awful. We're not it, I ask, mean I, we're not asking you to break into his house. We're not asking you to collectively create fake Instagram accounts in Lansing and mass catfish Bola Fave. That's not what we're asking you to do. We are not asking you to match with uh, Bola Fave on t- Tinder and then go to his house for a hookup and then uh, do some funny business. We're not asking you to do that. I'm just I'm just thinking of like how how terrible it, it would be very terrible unspeakable even for someone to go to the local grocery store and get a bunch of cans of soup uh, maybe maybe Campbell's maybe progressive Campbell's uh, Progre- progresso yeah progresso soup whatever it's called it would just be disgusting and unbelievable for someone to go and get a bunch of soup and send those cans through his fucking window look we're not asking you to, uh, to look up how to make like 
uh, incendiary device. Okay, okay. No, we're, the bit's over. The bit's okay, done. I actually okay. think the catfishing, mm-hmm. it has some merit, though. Like, do you know how many weak Republicans we could get kicked out of their seats? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Mm, Generation Z activists, let's go. OnlyFans accounts unite. The savers well, of public health policy. <laughs> Fake titties. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's all the the the, the sex uh, scandals I, are I've, all the rage I've right read, now in politics. Like, so I know the AI who writes the script for 2020, and this is the next chapter. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, as you guys know, a lot of people are uh, very unhappy with the way that uh, Governor Whitmer <clears throat> has been handling this pandemic. Uh, some people are so unhappy. Uh, that they um, form that they started to form a plot to uh, kidnap and murder her back uh, was it Thursday last Thursday now uh, it was revealed that the FBI had apparently thwarted a plot uh, by a handful of some right-wing psychos uh, who were planning on uh, kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer and taking her to Wisconsin to stand trial. Uh, for treason, I guess is what they is what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and they these guys had uh, surveilled her house uh, a few times, and um, yeah, I guess they were planning on kidnapping her and, and blowing up a bridge. I, and blowing up a bridge. Uh, what I'm curious about is like what kind of like dumb makeshift judicial system they were planning on uh, trying her, charging and trying her by. But the feds caught them apparently. And they, it d- doesn't seem like they had a very difficult time doing so. I mean, one of the, one of the art, well, their investigation had been going back to May. It started back in May, but one of the articles that I had read uh, said that this group, that this group of uh, right wing terrorists uh, had decided that they needed to increase their numbers for their plot and encouraged each other to reach out to their neighbors and friends. Uh, which I got, I gotta say fucking genius shit. Yeah. All right. So let me start, start us off here with like a long winded response to this. I have been, you know, very, you know, worried about, oh, is Donald Trump and the MAGA chuds, like, are they going to incite violence so that Donald Trump like can, you know, steal the election or what, what have you? Right, or so that like a there false was... flag attack almost, or what do you? What do no, you mean no, no. I mean, just like you know, they they don't accept their election results, God Emperor or nothing, right? Um, that's what I mean. So I'm way less concerned about that. Just seeing how like oafish they are, friends, comrades. Listen, if you're gonna like plan to do some dope shit, like kidnap the governor, <laughs> you got to you got to. What you got to do is you got to put your phones away and then you got to walk. You got to walk with your comrades into the woods and then you discuss this stuff. You don't do it. Don't do it on signal. First of all, signal is a honeypot. All right. Only do your worthless DSA work on signal. When you're all these people right now who are doing these like workshops of like actions, like how are we going to stop these MAGA chuds? Don't do that right now. Honestly, don't do that. You're going to get infiltrated and they're going to like get you on some stupid shit. That's how I feel. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Signal is what signal is like the edgy thing that people think they can like use and think that they're safe. Like 
no like you're you're dumb um and like it may, might have been kind of safe when it first came out but even then like retroactively like statute of limitation shit no but no, yeah, you anyway all those encryption apps are basically made for the cia and it's basically a honeypot right like, cause they can see it, right? But what they need you, what they need is they need a bunch of people using it so that their spies can use it. And it makes it really freaking hard to like, get what you actually need. It makes it, you can, you can crack it. It's harder. It's much harder than just like, you know, asking AT&T to look through your phone records. But these, these, these guys were using signal, which is interesting, but because because yeah. one of their own turned them in too right yeah like mm-hmm. i mean yeah people like in the, their group essentially reported them for talking too crazy yeah yeah well one of their uh one of their other precautions that they took besides uh using encrypt, encrypted sms was um one of the places that they met at uh in person was like in this shop in grand rapids where like there was like a trap door like in the floor and like there was like this meeting room like under a fucking trap door. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 They're just very, very oafish behavior. Like that's kind of why here's the thing. These oafs are going to kill people. They've killed plenty of people already. They're uh-huh. going to kill people election week. Is it going to keep Donald Trump in office? I don't think so any longer. They're just two big oafs. Well, also, just too big of a judging by this performance, I would say it's not looking good. Yeah. Statistically, yeah. but statistically, here's the thing: like most, uh, like in states that have early voting, the majority of those early voters are Democrats. The vast majority of those early voters are Democrats. So, if you end up scaring people away from the polls, you're gonna hurt your own party more. Oh, true. Yeah, well, that's also why I'm like, there are definitely going to be Republicans that have a problem with that. Just because and it's like, this is my right. I don't need any, like, people, guns, like, uh, intimidating my right. Like, there are going to be Republicans who get mad about that, I feel like. So that's why I feel like it would get enforced. Like, there's no way they could allow that, right? Maybe, maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm being naive. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it's... The, 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 the issue is that governors do can declare like states of emergencies around elections Mm -hmm. and there are processes in certain states for the election results to essentially be defunct if there's like a national emergency that happens on that day Mm -hmm. um if anybody watches like house of cards they sort that's what sort of (laughs) happened um (laughs) with everyone's favorite actor kevin space oh yeah um and it was, it was actually good representation of what P- Trump would probably try to do um because then it would be it would go to the court it would go to the House of Representatives it would go through that through that the, the fucked up system that we used for 2000 and and fuck us all over um which is why you know we're why a lot of people are saying we're going to need a landslide but it looks like we might have that um but I did want to say about this about this terrorist plot shit like i michael moore has been brought on a lot of like talk shows to talk about this because he's like you know the guy from michigan and i i in general i i really like michael moore um i think he's spot on with some of his predictions and the ways he talks about 
people from Michigan. And it was, it was interesting because he sounded like he was trying to say two things at once where he's like, you know, when I interviewed was cause, cause he did a whole like program on Michigan militia. Right. And he's like, these guys just wanted jobs. Like they, they wanted to be heard. They felt like they, they didn't have anything to cling on to as their identity anymore because of this massive job loss. But now I feel like, I don't know if what we're seeing is a continuation of that or a spiral of that. I don't know if a lot of these people who hold these violent views are too far fucking gone. And honestly, it scares me because I know these people and I see them almost every single day. Um, they, I, I grew up with a lot of them and I don't, I don't know how to communicate with them anymore. Um, so I, I don't know about you guys. Like if you, if you still think like communication is an option, um, with people who are like this, because, you know, remember while there were the guys who did care, want to carry this out and spent the money to buy a $4,000 taser to essentially, um, shoot sergeants with and incapacitate the governor, um, there were, you know, some guys who turned them in. So I, I don't know. I, I wanted to pose that, see what you guys thought. I, I would say communication and trying to convince people is like pretty, pretty tough. Um, that being said, you know, uh, I think probably the best way to do it is like humiliate them and not in like the way that, you know, you might think, but like, just, you know, they, they let them like show them how stupid they look like with their like, uh, guns thinking that like, they're going to like, you know, take on the government and like, you know, join me like join dsa and actually like build power and like you know exercise that power in a way that's not uh uh it's it's not like you can't ignore it like oh wow these like these people actually like be are listened to and they get what they want and if they if they see wouldn't that, that just make us more of a threat to them though if they, I mean, it maybe, but if they see that, I feel like some of them might be disillusioned, especially like if they see that, like, oh, wait, maybe that might benefit me, what they're advocating for, right? I, I and mean, I think I would... that, I think that, yes, like, there is, like, going to be those people who are too far gone, and it's just like, oh, you know, that makes us more of a threat, that we're more powerful. But then there's also those people, like, who will become disillusioned. Right. And they'll, and they'll be like, wait a second, you know, maybe I don't agree with them on all this, some stuff, but I do agree with them on this. I mean, I, I think that that would be nice, but in my opinion, it seems like a bit of a rose tinted way to look at this because I feel like, <clears throat> I mean, we've never if, really if, had like power in the left in a really long time in like modern history. Right. If we, right. If, we but had, if the left, if the left does begin to gain power, then I feel like that's only going to, uh, I mean, it's going to be a, re a realization of a lot of these people's fears uh, that as of right now are pretty fucking unfounded, saying like Joe Biden's a communist uh, and the communists are going to take over and destroy America. Yeah, but I don't think they're really fearing that. They're just saying that. I don't think they really fear that. I think that's just like buzzwords. They just they're just like racist. Yeah, I think one thing that's important to note about these like these groups is most of them don't have like a history that goes back like super far. Like they're most of the groups the most of the militia groups in Michigan um were started like in the late 80s early 90s. So like the so like uh, so I guess to go off on a while to saying, I feel like it's not inevitable that you'll always have these groups. They're sort of like a product of 
like, you know, the failure of the left to really, you know, provide any, um, you know, anything compelling for, for them. And I think like, it's, it's, all, it's that way in a lot of like rural areas across the country where you have like, historically there were left leftist movements in rural areas of like farmers and, um, and people doing, you know, cooperatives and things like that, that have now kind of just receded to the point where most rural areas across the U S are, you know, very right wing currently, but I don't think it's like inevitable that it will always be like that. Um, and that, that we can never win these, these areas back. If, if but, Joe Biden wins this election, do you think that the people who've been pushed to extremes by Donald Trump and pushed to not, not that maybe that I, if you don't like that phrase, don't hold me to it. Like push to the extreme by Donald Trump. Maybe they were always that way and they're just keeping it locked inside. Maybe they have a meat monster inside their tummy and Donald Trump just fed it with the right sort of candy, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever you want to say. But the truth is that when Donald Trump became president, all of these people started either talking more or acting more a certain way or changed the way they thought something happened. Right. If Joe Biden wins this election, are those people going to go away? Are they going to shut the fuck up? Are they going to get more radicalized? Is it going to be like what Obama did to, to, you know, Rush Limbaugh and all these other talk show hosts where essentially, you know, it created the tea party. What's going to happen here? Um, I'm, I mean, I don't really know how this is going to play out. And what I'm scared of is that there's going to be this transition period where we just lose people because we said, okay, well, you know, Joe Biden won and, now we're left with all these people. Let's just purge them all. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know if these people are going to like shut the fuck up, calm the fuck down, go away. Once the, once the stimuli isn't there anymore in the white house, or if they're just going to get organized, that's what I'm scared of is, is tea party 2.0. I mean, you want to know what I would say you're already seeing tea party 2.0 with QAnon, right? And I would say the biggest difference with, like, QAnon and the Tea Party, right, is Tea Party was largely, like, Coke-funded AstroTurf, whereas Q Q is basically this uh, grassroots kind of movement. Mm. And, like, embarrassingly, Q is, like, now starting to, like, you know, it's, like, it's very, very popular now. It's very, it's reached like a critical mass. And, uh, I mean, it's not that, I guess it's, it's all popular against, it's amongst like right wing people, but it's definitely like gaining steam. And, uh, you know, it's just very, very odd. Right. And I don't think that's going anywhere. Same, re- same way that, you know, on the, uh, on the Democrat side, you know, the left or like the progressives aren't going anywhere either. I think we're, we are seeing like uh, a return left for, you know, Democrats maybe a little bit, but like, I, I, I was like, uh, I, I think I talked about it with uh, you, like when we tried to do this uh, last time, right? Like what, what, what are the, like the ways that like the Democrats can really make a difference? Well, the first things first is actually like reforming the Democratic Party and like not making it suck. Like in one way to do that is, you know, having party with like a membership. But I, I, I agree with you that like a lot of shit has to come from the ground up 
What I'm scared of is that the right has always been better at grassroots mobilization than the left. I mean, in this country, in this country, for sure. I wouldn't say like globally, but yeah. No, in this country, yes. Um, And if all these people go to their grassroots mobilizing for something as extreme as QAnon, they're going to get more people elected. Um, They're going to get their way. They're going to get shit done and people in power. Um, There's only like one major person, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think her name is. Um, I forget what state she's from. Don't they have like 20-something candidates who are running for Congress? Yeah, but it's only one that's probably going to like really get there. A lot of the candidates that— What what would you have said about Justice Dems, though? Like none of those people were going to get there. I mean, Justice Dems has had like pretty like good success. Like I would say, like they don't—they're not like. Uh, I think what is it like thirty percent of their people get through and win their elections? That's way more than one out of twenty-five. Like a lot of these other like. That's just people, because they didn't have twenty-five. Like <laughs> no, I mean, well, yeah, that too, that too, right? But like a lot of these Q people that are like winning their primaries are winning in deep blue districts where like okay. they're like the Republicans were like, you know, they're not really recruiting. They don't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I think like one of the main differences is like QAnon does not have the same level of like uh, support within the like Republican party that the tea party was able to amass. Like in 2010, they got like a huge wave, like a, a huge chunk in one election cycle of, of um, elected lawmakers that were like fully subscribed to that. And I think a lot of that was due to just like to the amount of money and like, you know, astroturfing that was done by the Cokes and stuff. And QAnon does not have that same like, money factor behind it. I feel like that could really propel it like the Tea Party had. Quite frankly, like the worst and funniest outcome would be that everything just goes back to how it was before. So that will probably be what happens. Um... <laughs> yeah, that would be just like... It's not the most irrational thing to uh, just fully expect the worst possible outcome. I just, I just, you know, I, I guess like... I want to have a hope for progress. Like I, I I have a really like, I feel like I operate very cynically always to get to an optimistic idea, which is how, (laughs) which I think is a good way to function. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, I was, uh, I I don't know if I was optimistic, but I was definitely hopeful, uh, you know, like a week, week or so ago when, uh, when uh, Donald Trump was was in the hospital with coronavirus, but um, he seems to be making a recovery. Uh, according to his doctors, he uh, he is no longer a risk of of infecting people anymore. In fact, he's uh, he's back on the campaign trail, saying that he's gonna that he wants to smooch everyone, wants to give everyone a big kiss. He'll spread his immunity. <laughs> <laughs> The it first thing pretty... I thought of when you said that thing about Big Kiss was that that one picture of like those six or eight like white women all looked the same. The blonde women who were like fawning over Trump during one of his like stump speeches at a rally. Do you remember yeah. that picture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And well, part of the <laughs> I just heard about this today. Apparently, one of the th- uh, therapies he was given includes like stem cells or fetal like fetal tissue. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what I because, did. Yeah. Yes, because there was a news releases from abortion rights groups saying that it's okay that Trump did it because he wasn't directly involved in the abortion, even though it's been their position all along <laughs> to condemn every itself. single that bit is of incredible. these treatments. You guys didn't see that? In fact, Holy I shit. I, I, he literally took in the adrenochrome and they're still like, it's okay. Like, oh my God. Donald Trump could literally take, okay, I don't, I don't know if I want to say this because it's kind of triggering. Um, I I won't say that, but he could, let's, let's just say like he could literally take a dead child. That's a little less triggering than what I was going to say, believe it or not. And, and just like bring it with him on stage and be like, I've got the cure for you all. And they'd be like, yes, it's okay. Cause it's Donald Trump. That's yeah, that's that. Yeah. Speaking of Q. Yeah. Like, wow. What, why haven't they brought that up? All right. But yeah. Yeah. I was, but, I was pretty like hopeful that maybe, you know, he would go downhill and, you know, but then it's, yeah, I got me, I got, I got my hopes up a little bit, but I knew it was like still like unlikely just cause he was going to get like every, you know, everything that he needed. And like, I guess one of the frustrating things for me too is like, and I'm sure y'all saw this, like online, all these like liberals like scolding, you know, leftists for like, you know, wishing Trump ill and not, you know, and it's like, it's like we're like we talk about like hating Biden, and they're like, oh, you're 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 enabling Trump, you're going to allow Trump to win. And it's like, what? Well, we hope he dies, and then they're like, how could you say that? How could you? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Herman Herman Cain died a full month after he was diagnosed. So fingers crossed. Yeah. That, he, he but did he ever have him. a did he ever have a recovery like Trump did? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? That's uh, no, this is common. This is common. Trump yeah. is not going to die from COVID. Yeah, he probably Sorry won't die to from urinate COVID. urinate on all of your hopes and dreams. I know yeah. several narcissists. These people do not die unexpectedly they live till they're fucking 110 just to piss you off oh like, no, they that live i mean look at fucking henry what? kissinger <laughs> <laughs> it's henry kissinger and what are, oh my god what do we say the other night like, they're like what if what if donald trump like appoints henry kissinger to the supreme court and then i was like brought up the fact like no if amy amy comey barrett whatever her name is doesn't actually get on the supreme court there's a good chance joe fucking biden will pick henry kissinger to yeah. sit on the uh, uh, like hillary clinton's gonna come out and be like i love it it's the best thing ever henry kissinger and i are best friends <laughs> who, do you, who do you guys think dies first donald trump or henry kissinger trump kissinger is the, i would say kissinger like he'll, he'll look i want to say kissinger i want to say kissinger but you never fucking know do you <laughs> No, Donald Donald Trump is is very uh, robust. Henry Kissinger he's... reaches the age of three hundred for the first time since the time of Adam. Yeah, <laughs> like like people like Donald Trump could eat nothing but cheese whiz and live till they're one hundred and ten. To be honest, yeah, he probably I... already does. He probably sucks that stuff up like enema style. <laughs> I I am not I am not unconvinced that Henry Kissinger will be the last human being to walk this earth. Mm -hmm. No, but yeah, incredible stuff that like Donald Trump is out there like trying to spread COVID and or not. I mean, he didn't do the rallies until like he got the clearing right that like he wasn't uh, uh, transmitting anything right. 
Isn't that but, right? So, so But so, he went to the Oval Office and infected his entire West Wing before I that. actually I actually had this theory at the debate, um, right when we heard that like like as the debate was going on, someone got mad at me for saying this, but I was like, I think Trump was yelling so much to specifically infect Joe Biden yeah. with COVID. I was yeah. like, I was like, he was turning his head and just like spitting and yelling. And I'm like, dude, this man's going full Dilophosaurus. Like he really yeah. wants Joe Biden to get yeah. Rona. Biological warfare, dude. Joe Biden is a wuss. <laughs> He's gonna die. I'm not gonna die. Dude, but watching, I'm not gonna die. watching Donald like Joe Biden, Trump having COVID was a gift from God for Joe Biden's campaign because good Lord to have to relive that, those terrifying moments, like again and again on the news cycle would have, uh, mm, mm, I needed to look away from it. I don't know if you guys watched that whole, I mean, you guys already talked about the debate, but I, I think Joe Biden's so lucky that Trump tested positive for COVID and that they got it released and that he had to go to the hospital. So it had to be released because otherwise those that, that would have been real ugly to watch relived. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be like, you know, Virgin Nate Sil- Silver, but like, look at the polls. <laughs> it's looking pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good right now. Um, I think my, my my prediction is that Biden's going to sweep. My prediction is that we're going to flip the state house. Um, my prediction that um, we're not going to flip the state senate. Uh, it's too gerrymandered. We're not going to. Um, we're we're going to see a bigger lead in the house, and we're not going to flip the senate nationally. But I think we're going to get very very close. Uh, uh, Lot, I hear I, I'm hearing that uh, Republicans are starting to say 51 49 would be a good night for them. Yeah, it, it, and honestly, that might happen. Um, Donald Trump, I just read an article that I came mean, out today. Democrats 51, them 49, by the way. Yes, no, that's what I mean. And yeah. like, like flipping, to be honest, now that I think about it a little bit more, I think that might actually happen, thinking of some of the lineups. But Donald Trump, uh, from an article today, did pull out all of his ads in Ohio and I think Pennsylvania and Iowa. That's and why Ohio, Ohio. I was checking Ohio and Ohio is close. Yeah. He, they, they said they pulled them. Wow. He pulled $14 million worth of ads. Uh, and then he pulled another 11 million out of Michigan and like three other States. Do you think it's going to Texas? Do you think he's worried about Texas? Yes. Um, North Carolina also shows Biden up, which is oh, yeah. really, really weird. Um, but I'm what I'm what I'm scared of. The only thing, well, not the only thing I'm scared of, but because I'm involved in a state rep race right now and trying to get somebody elected to the state house for Michigan, um, and I'm worried that a lot of people are going to come out and vote for Biden and not do any down ballot um, significantly. But that's in a rep race. I don't, I don't know how much we have street ticket voting in Michigan, which is lucky. Um, but I don't know how many people like were are going to be Trump Biden crossover voters and just be like, you know what, fuck it. Like I hate Trump, but that's the message that the Democrats been spreading is get rid of Trump, get rid of Trump, get rid of Trump. So they do, and then they don't elect down ballot Democrats. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. There, I don't think I think it's like I think people generally do, but just like vote down ticket. It's like yeah. I feel like it's going to be a wild election season, that's for sure. Well, to close out the show, I had an op-ed that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, 
This comes, uh, this was published in The Spectator, uh, written by Noor Bin, Noor Bin Laden. Uh, and the headline reads, Being pro-Trump has caused me more grief than being Osama Bin Laden's niece. Slay, queen. Go off. So Bin Laden writes, uh, Americans are, in my experience, the warmest, most kind-hearted, and open-minded people in the world. I have found this to be true for my whole life, despite being the niece of Osama bin Laden and sharing the last name, albeit spelled slightly differently. Bin Laden is the uh, original translation. Uh, bin Laden with a with a I instead of an E. Um, Americans base their judgment on the contents of content of someone's character and actions, not on the color of their skin or their last name. Hmm. Uh, this was reaffirmed last month after I voiced my love for America and support for President Trump. But the response to my letter to America has been overwhelmingly wonderful, and I am most thankful, thankful uh, to all those who took the time to read it and send kind messages, including spectator readers. But in my private life, I have lost so I have I have lost a few so-called friends for backing Donald Trump over the past five years. Coming out publicly was a step too far for some, and the vitriol I received for stating my political beliefs revealed unflattering sides to certain characters. From a sociological standpoint, it is quite interesting that in some elite elitist circles, being pro-Trump has caused me more grief than carrying the name Bin Laden. Even more striking. I'm sorry, Ben. Ben, I have to stop you there. Oh my fucking goodness, this is gold. Okay, because first of all, first of all, like the Bin Ladens, like, like that, like that's a really, really rich family. Osama is like not even like, you know, like I mean, he's definitely the most famous, but he's not the only famous Bin Laden. Like, right. So, uh, Noor, Noor bin Laden's father is Osama bin Laden's half brother. And they both, they both share a father who is a, uh, really wealthy construction magnate. Yeah. Yeah. Very, like very, very wealthy, important, you know, construction family. And like, uh, and so like this idea that like, oh, the bin Ladens don't like Americans, uh, people and the americans are like the people who they're doing business with and the americans are like shut the fuck up you don't know what the fuck you're talking about they like the bin lines would like of course they fucking love americans george bush did 9-11 with bin laden what the fuck like calm the fuck on guys put to of course obama and Ob uh, of course obama's niece of course osama's niece <laughs> Of course Osama's niece loves Donald Trump. Like, this is not a question. And it's like, and of course, her, like, elite friends who, like, went to American University in Beirut fucking hate her for that. Like, ah, oh. okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Even more striking were the contrasting reactions to President Trump's COVID diagnosis. Gleeful comments devoid of compassion flooded social media, some even going as far as to wish for his death. Uh, Kim Jong-un showed, showed more sympathy than many of the president's detractors. Yet for all the hate, there was an outpouring of love and well wishes from his supporters. One take from a favorite Twitter account of mine, at Honor and Daring, expressed it best. 
Quote, Trump is the first and only president I've actually cared about. That's because he's the first president in recent memory that seems to care more about Americans than an, abst- than an abstract ideology or just, or just enriching his donors. This sentiment is clearly, is clearly felt by many Americans who come out in droves for the president wherever he goes, including Walter Reed Medical Center during his stay. If he can't hit the road, the rally comes to him. And why, do, and why do I support Donald Trump? Look at his record. He has stood up to China, kept America out of new wars, solidified ties with Israel, overturned the disastrous Iran deal, and obliterated yes, ISIS. I was waiting for that. Iran, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is playing all the hits. I love it. I love it. Oh, yes, let's go. Keep it going, Ben. Yes. Domestically, he removed handicapping regulations to American economic growth, rebuilt a depleted military, brought back manufacturing and revamped dying industries by renegotiating trade deals and cutting taxes. He has achieved energy independence, curbed immigration, all of which contributed to setting record unemployment rates. He has tackled uh, neglected issues such as human trafficking and unjust incarceration. <laughs> yeah, okay. She's QAnon too. This is amazing. Yeah, no, she absolutely she absolutely is QAnon too. Uh, <laughs> if you guys don't follow Nor, if you guys don't follow Nor Bin Laden on Instagram, great follow. Just gotta say. Uh, and he's and given America a chance to a chance at restoring her principles, pride, independence, and true place in the world as a beacon of liberty and hope for all. I had intended to write this from London, uh, but COVID quarantine restrictions prevented me from flying to the UK from Switzerland. They I let did you try- fly? <laughs> oh, come on. Come oh, on. man. She could I fly. did try to skirt the rules, I admit, via neighboring countries, but to no avail. In proper Orwellian fashion, all traveling nowadays is monitored with mandatory government, governmental forms throughout Europe, even if your country isn't on the quarantine list. I miss my goddaughter's baptism as a result. Besides, this, besides the sadness I felt from missing wait, out on this... Wait, wait. She was going to go to a baptism? Apparently. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder which friend she was talking about. Uh, who 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 is picking Norbin Laden to be their uh, child's godmother? I want to know. <laughs> I'm not Probably sure. Probably some American like senator, uh, like sitting. In no, America. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably like Lindsey. No, Lindsey Graham's not married. Or, or you know <laughs> what would be dope if it was actually like for the new Borat sequel. Oh, I, if Norman Laden was on the board, that would be dope. That would be dope. It's probably Kaylee McEnany's daughter that she's the godmother of. Oh, that's a, good, that's a good one. Besides the sadness I felt from missing out on this, I thought of all those who couldn't be with their loved ones before passing away during lockdown and was filled with dread at the prospect of what the future might hold. Is the next step no vaccine, no travel? 
At least I wasn't subjected to a two-hour Black Lives Matter-themed play, The New Tomorrow, at the Young Vic, unlike my friend who wasn't so lucky last weekend. She was invited by a leftist friend of hers, and unknown to her before accepting the invitation, the entire play was a BLM manifesto. (laughs) Not surprisingly... A play was a manifesto. Why is she... Why is she saying that like she got brought to have to witness a live birth? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why like the last the last couple paragraphs of this of this are really weird. It's like I don't know why the fuck you're talking about any of this, but uh not surprisingly, she described the experience as a form of torture. Her friend oh. was enthralled. While I'm glad to miss out on London's latest cultural trends, I was disappointed at having to cancel my reunion with friends, not least with with Douglas Murray, whose book launch for the madness of book book launch book launch for the madness of crowds at the Spectator offices remains a firm highlight of last year. Thankfully, these frustrations and letdowns are outweighed by hope love and trust seeing the uplifting images of americans rallying around the president also warms my heart and lifts my spirits i wish i could be there with them you can be sure you you can be you can be sure i'll be on one of the first flights to america once restrictions are lifted via london to meet my goddaughter of course does she have a job uh uh i don't probably not but like I think that sounds like Fox News like wrote that for her and just like had her submit it. <laughs> like it seems like something like that like would be like there it, there was a lot that was too on the nose. Like, like the way that she was like, like a the leftist friend. Monologue. Yeah, yeah. Like the Black Lives Matter <laughs> manifesto, like that all Fox News ever talks about. So like I feel like that's that made me think that it was just them. Ghostwriting it for her. That's really funny. No, I'm glad you brought that to my t- attention, Ben. I've been I've been tracking the uh, Bin Laden ladies for a while now, trying to get married. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you do seem like you you know quite a bit about this person. Did you ever slide into those DMs? Do you need to follow their Instagrams? Uh, uh, I'm not trying to get on. I mean, I'm not trying to get on that FBI list. Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah. Oh my god, that would be such a good person to catfish as when we go after Boba <laughs> <laughs> Uh well do you guys uh you guys want to wrap up now? I think now's a good place to to end things. I think so. Well, um thanks everyone for listening. Um make sure to subscribe to our show. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. We, uh, I think we're, we are planning on doing a live stream this Sunday, um, this coming Sunday, the, uh, I said the 18th, we, uh, you might've seen that we tried to do one a couple days ago. Uh, it did not work out because the, our, uh, our friend Lucas, who, uh, normally broadcasts the streams for us was not available. I tried to do it from my computer, uh, but my internet is not fast enough. Uh, so uh, we are going to have him back uh, this coming Sunday, and we're going to be doing another live show. So hopefully we'll see you guys for that uh, at twitch.tv slash State of the Revolution. Uh, so anyway, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.